Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today. For those of you I haven't met, I'm Pastor John, the senior pastor here at Stonebridge. And as Pastor Jonathan mentioned, we had our Blacklight Mystery Night last night, where we had a bunch of uh, members of the congregation, a bunch of families from the community come here. There was a big puzzle to solve. There were games. There were tacos. And the thing that I appreciated the most was my, my son, who's three, was dressed up as Simba from Lion King, which is great and adorable and cute. But he also was very committed to this role. So he was crawling around on all fours, roaring at random people. Um, <laughs> And it was cute and it was adorable, but also there was something deeper about it. For, for us and for our family, I've wanted him to be part of a church where he felt comfortable. And clearly, he was maybe a little too comfortable. Um, but it wasn't just him. There were all sorts of other kids running around, enjoying their costumes and having fun. And it was just a beautiful evening. So if you couldn't make it, I want to invite you next time we do something to come and join us and be a part of that and witness that. It was a really fun, beautiful time. Uh, my other son, who is eight months old, was also dressed as a lion, but he wasn't yelling or roaring at anybody. Well, sorry, he was yelling at his mom and me, but not at anybody else. Well, as Pastor Jonathan mentioned, we are beginning a sermon series on the book of Ruth. And we're looking at this book, which is in the Old Testament, and it's one of the shorter books in the Bible. It's about four chapters. And every time we start a new book, I always like to start with a few questions of just, what is this book? When was it written? What's the overall point here? What type of genre is this book? And when you get to the book of Ruth, a lot of those questions, the answer is actually we don't really know. We don't know exactly when the book of Ruth was written. It's likely it was between the 4th and 6th centuries B.C., Somewhere in that 200-year time span is likely when this was put down to writing. And in terms of what genre is this book? Well, when you look at your English Bibles, it's in the section of what's called the historical books. But that's in the English Bibles that were put together much later than the Hebrew Bible. And the order of the books is changed and different than in the Hebrew Bible, which is older. If you go and you look at the Hebrew Bible, when this what this book was actually written in originally, Ruth is placed in the section of what's called the writings. It's with the poetry books. It's with the Proverbs, Psalms, those books that were clearly not intended to be historical. So some of the leading theories are that the book of Ruth was originally meant to be a dramatic performance, a play of sorts, where a narrator would be reading it and other people would be acting it out. So I'm going to actually act out this book for you. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. No way. But that is one of the theories about how this book was originally received by people, was that it would be acted out with characters there. But this book, however it was originally performed or read or received, it tells a story. And in the Bible, it's really uh, one of the shorter stories but it's a very compelling story. The book of Ruth focuses on two widows. But it starts out with a pretty happy family. 
there is a man named Elimelech, and his wife is named Naomi, and they have two sons. And I assume they're a pretty happy family, but they pack everything up, and they get in the van like the Partridge family or something. I never watched that show. Is that what they did? They traveled around in a van, right? Did I get that right? All right. So they pack up everything. They go over to a land called Moab, a foreign land where they didn't grow up. And they rebuild. They start life anew. And things go well. Their sons end up marrying women there. They're settled down. Their family's there. It's growing. They're there for about 10 years. And then all of a sudden, tragedy hits. Elimelech dies. So his wife, Naomi, is left as a widow. And that's okay because her sons are still alive, but then both of her sons die also. And all of a sudden, you have three widows left alone, and Naomi is in a foreign land, one that she didn't grow up in, one where she doesn't have family connections. She doesn't have really any connections. And in the ancient world, if you are a widow... You were extremely vulnerable, which isn't just true in the ancient world. It's true in our world today as well in many places. But in the ancient world especially, if you were a widow, you were extremely vulnerable. If you didn't have a husband or a son who could work, who could protect you, you were one of the most vulnerable people in society. So there we are with three widows now. Two of them are younger. They have a chance, Orpah and Ruth, Naomi's daughters-in-law. They have a chance to rebuild. But Naomi doesn't. So she wants to go back to where she grew up to see if she could build a life there again and be okay. And that's where I'm going to pick up here with our reading from Ruth chapter 1. I'm going to read Ruth 1 verses 7 through 18. And this is a scene where Naomi is trying to tell her daughters-in-law, stay here in Moab, go build your lives. I don't have anything for you. I can't help you anymore. So I'll be reading from Ruth chapter 1, verses 7 through 18. So Naomi set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. 
Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And please join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this glimpse of Ruth and Naomi's relationship, Lord. We thank you for the model of devotion that we see here, but we thank you that deeper than just what we see between them, we see a glimpse of you. Open up our eyes to that glimpse. Help us to see you at work more clearly. Help us to see how you work through others. Help us to see what your love and your devotion looks like. May your Holy Spirit guide us through this passage now. May we be able to understand more clearly your love. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So one of the questions that I raised at the beginning, whenever you come to a new biblical book, one of the questions is, what is the overall theme of this book? And in the book of Ruth, I think we see that theme here in this section. As you can see from the passage, Naomi's trying to tell her daughters-in-law, go back, rebuild. And at first, both of them say no. But then Orpah, which, by the way, total aside here, I don't know if anybody can fact check this, but somebody told me that Oprah's mother tried to name her Orpah, but then mixed it up. And that's where Oprah's name came from. It sounds like one of those things that's fake, but I don't know. So if you could fact check that, let me know. But Orpah ends up going back to her people in Moab. Ruth refuses, though. Ruth refuses to leave Naomi. And in that picture, I think we start to get a glimpse of what this book is about. Now, Naomi has a line in here that you could easily brush over. Because in English, it doesn't sound too uh, important. She says to Ruth and to Orpah, May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with me and the dead. That phrase, deal kindly, it sounds innocuous to us. It doesn't sound like it's that important. But when you read this in Hebrew, one of those words stands out strongly, actually. Because in Hebrew, it doesn't just say, may the Lord deal kindly with you. It actually says something to the effect of, may the Lord do hesed with you. That word hesed is a Hebrew term, and it's one of the most annoying terms. It's used hundreds of times in the Bible, and it's very important. It's used most often to describe God and how God interacts with people. But the reality of this word is nobody knows exactly what it means. It's one of the most important common words in the Bible, but we don't know exactly what is meant by it. Different attempts at translation will be things like steadfast kindness, which, you know, what exactly does that mean? But then mercy, faithfulness, fidelity, love, all of those English terms will be used to translate this one term, hesed. So what Naomi says to Ruth 
and to Orpah is, May the Lord do hesed to you as you have done to me and to the dead, referring to her family. But this word hesed most often is used to describe not human actions, but God's actions. And that's where Naomi begins. But right there, she puts this love that God has on to Orpah and to Ruth. I think in this moment, we're meant to understand what we're going to see here is what hesed looks like. What it actually looks like lived out. Because here's the thing with hesed. It's important. It's hard to define. But one Old Testament scholar says this about this term. It said, he says, Hesed is notoriously difficult to translate. Attempts to capture it in English include mercy, fidelity, faithfulness, loyalty, love, and so on. But rather than get bogged down in an argument about translation, a more helpful approach is to recognize that Hesed is a relational term. It does not merely assert some abstract quality concerning God's inner nature, but rather confesses the way that God relates to others. It confesses the way that God relates to others. What that means is, this is one of those words that rather than try to just find another English term to explain what it is, you have to go and look at what are the specific actions that it's associated with. With God's history with Israel, when they say God shows hesed to people, what does God do? Well, God protects them. God carries them up out of Egypt. God walks with them through the desert. God gives them the law to be in relationship with them. God is there present with them the entire time. Those actions define this word better than any other simple words can do. And that's true here in Ruth as well. Here in this moment with Ruth and Naomi, we see this hesed clearly. It's actually a very beautiful moment that we're witnessing. Ruth is unwilling to abandon Naomi. Naomi is in a foreign land. She needs to leave. Ruth is willing to give up her homeland, give up her people, because of her devotion to Naomi. It's beautiful, but we have to acknowledge it's not very pragmatic. Because Ruth is a widow also. What does Ruth actually have to offer Naomi? Ruth doesn't know Naomi's homeland. Ruth has never been there as far as we know. Ruth doesn't have any roots there. But Ruth is unwilling to let go of Naomi, unwilling to let Naomi leave alone. It's this type of devotion that we see here that isn't pragmatic, that isn't transactional. Ruth isn't saying to Naomi, I'm going to go with you, and here's how I'm going to help you, and here's how you're going to help me. There's no thought of that whatsoever. It's simply a devotion that says, I love you, and I am with you. No matter what happens, I am with you. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you go, I will go. It's this raw, simple devo devotion that is... Beautiful. And now at this point, we get all the warm fuzzies. It's a great moment. But there's a deeper challenge here in the book of Ruth. 
because of the fact that Ruth is from Moab. Moab was a country, I think a map should show up here. Moab was a country that has a fraught relationship with Israel. You can see it there. It's not a great map. I apologize for that. But you can see that there's Judah. Judah is where Naomi would have been from. And Moab is across that sea there. And Moab and Judah and, and Israel, Judah and Israel are, are similar. They didn't really get along. They have multiple times in their histories where they're at war with each other. King Saul of Israel fights the Moabites. King David fights the Moabites. King Omri, who probably nobody knows anything about, fights the Israelites or the Moabites also. But Moab wasn't a friendly nation to Israel more often than not. And Naomi and Elimelech took their sons to Moab to marry foreign wives. That wasn't a great thing to do in their culture. That wasn't something that was looked upon kindly. So think about this. You're here, an ancient Israelite, hearing this story. And the lead characters go off to a foreign country that your people have been at war with. They take wives there, which you're not really supposed to do. And then you get this picture at the beginning of the story where it seems as though God's love is being reflected through a Moabite. That's quite the statement. Ruth is a Moabite. And yet God's love is flowing through her. A picture of God's hesed is there in Ruth's devotion to Naomi, which should not be be. Ruth should not be this devoted to Naomi. Naomi should not be this devoted to Ruth. This is a challenge. Yes, it's a beautiful moment, but for a lot of people, seeing your enemy portrayed in a positive light, not just in a positive light, but seeing your enemy reflecting the character of the God you worship is offensive. And there's a very good chance that that's how many people would have received the book of Ruth. Ruth is a Moabite. She's supposed to be the enemy. But here she is reflecting God's love and care. It's quite the statement. It's quite the moment here. We can see God's love in Ruth when we're not supposed to. So I think the question for us is, through whom might God give you a glimpse of his love? Who that's supposed to be an enemy of yours might actually be somebody that you can see God's love in? Who is there that might frustrate you, that might annoy you, but God might still be at work in their lives and you might be able to see God present with them? And I think this is a timely challenge for us because we're in the middle of it all right now, folks. This is political season. You all are going out there hearing all sorts of messages about how the uh, people who disagree with you, they're not just unfit for office, they're horrible people. They're evil. They're terrible. You got to stop them. They're going to take everything from you. 
They're going to take everything you've built and ruin everything that you love, and they're going to make everything horrible. That's the message over and over and over again every year this time of year. But the challenge of Ruth and Naomi is, how can you not fall into that bitterness, not fall into that division, and instead be asking yourselves, the people who are supposed to be your political opponents, the people your news sources tell you are the worst people ever, how can you see God's love in them? How can you see God at work in and through them? Because the deep truth is, and the truth of the book of Ruth is, God was at work with the Moabites also. God loves this entire world. Israel was blessed to be a blessing, not to continue to be enemies with the people of Moab. A blessing to all the nations. So God is at work there in the lives of the people that you despise and that all of your news sources are telling you are horrible, despicable people. But that's a lie. They're not horrible. They're not despicable. They are children of God that you may disagree with. You're wrong in some ways. They're wrong in some ways also. How can you see God at work in their lives? How can you see God's love present in them? That's the challenge of this book for each and every one of us. Ruth says to Naomi, where you go, I will go. And in that picture of two people whose nations are most often enemies, we see a glimpse of God's love for us. So where else can you see God's love? Through whom can you see God's love? Where it might surprise you. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for Ruth and Naomi's example. We thank you for this story here in the book of Ruth. We thank you that you worked through them. And we thank you, Lord, that according to the Bible, you worked in great ways through them. Lord, help us to have that same type of devotion for people that would surprise us. Help us to see your love in the people that we would consider enemies. Help us to not buy into the messages from political ads and news that people who disagree with us are our enemies, Lord. But help us instead understand that you love them, that you care for them, and that we are here not to win some sort of fight with them, but to display your hope, your resurrection, your love, so that they can know who you are and so that we can learn more about you through them also. So help us, Lord, with ever, whenever we come into contact with anyone, to be seeking you out, to be curious about what you're doing in their lives. Help us to have that same posture that Naomi and Ruth have towards one another.
样